Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is week nine. We are over halfway through the season. Of course, when it's 17 weeks, it's kind of a weird number anyway. But we are here to give you your start sits for the week. Uh, This is part one. We have two parts of our start sits. This is the NFC home games. I am Sam Stompy Lane. You can find me on Twitter at FF Stompy. I'm here with... For like the fourth time in a row, John McGlynn at John McGlynn seventy five. How's it going today, John? That's right. We're just hanging out with our ghoul friends on Halloween. <laughs> ah, you're such a dad. It's fantastic. <laughs> How did your week eight treat you? Um, I lost by four points in the fishbowl. Uh, other than that, I pretty much won every other league. But losing by four points uh, in the fishbowl probably hurts more than the rest any other league anyway, for that matter. So. Because you're because um, you're facing me. Am I playing you this week? No, it, no, you're not. You're just everybody is facing the defending champion. Oh. I am the defending <laughs> champion. Uh, yeah, I hear you. It was kind of a rough week for me, week eight. But hopefully, get back on the get back on the winning ways. Uh, get some injuries and bye weeks out of the way last week. So, um, before we get started on our week nine start sits, I want to talk to you about another DLF podcast, and that is Dynasty Game Night. We all play fantasy football for fun. Informational podcasts are awesome, but sometimes you just want to listen to something fun. The Dynasty Game Night podcast is all about having fun and playing fantasy football-related games with friends and with the community. Uh, I tell you what, those guys are extremely creative. I am horrendous at that game. Uh, I've never been good with word association or, uh, I guess, figuring out all of the names as quickly as possible that can that they can go through their heads. So uh, kudos to them. But, yeah, definitely a fantastic show, definitely a fantastic podcast, and it should be part of your rotation um, weekly. Um, also, before we get started, uh, we obviously need to know about the injuries uh, that are have happened or, or what injured players are going to be playing or not playing to make the best start-sit decisions you can. So with that, we will send it over to John Hogue and Ethan Turner, our resident PT doctor, our resident doctor who tells us about all of our injuries. So we'll send it over there, have them go over the injuries, and we'll come back. Take it away, John. John Hogue at Superflex Dude here with Dr. Ethan Turner, E. Turner, FF underscore PT, and make sure you're following him for all of your actives and inactives for the NFL weekend. Uh, But we're going to get into a few of them right now. Not a whole lot going into the weekend, Ethan, but uh, we're mostly going to go over some updates here. Uh, First of all, uh, Pat Mahomes with that patella dislocation. How close are we to getting Pat Mahomes back? So Mahomes is still practicing in a limited fashion, which is uh, a good news for people that want him to return. Um, still, Andy Reid has said that he seems close. Um, that doesn't really tell us too much. Um, but I still feel like week nine is is pretty unlikely. It sounds like they are expecting him to possibly be ready by week 10, uh, which would be best case scenario again from that patella dislocation uh, three weeks. That's that's pretty, pretty good turnaround, even for even for a guy uh, with some star healing behind him. So um, I expect Matt Moore to start again this week. I just don't feel like they're going to risk it with. With Mahomes, um, I think they're going to let Moore get another another game under his belt and hopefully uh, another win. So um, I, I think Mahomes is close, but I don't think he's quite there. 
all along you were saying three weeks. That's uh, week 10 is three weeks. So we're, it looks like we're right on course uh, for that one. How about Sterling Shepard uh, with uh, the concussion? Um, do, we, uh, do we get a return here from Sterling Shepard? Yeah, so it sounds like everything is on track for him to return on Monday against the Cowboys. Um, kind of a tricky one because, of course, playing on Monday. So uh, you got to have some backup plans in mind if he isn't able to go. But um, all, all of the signs this week are pointing towards him him suiting up. Um, again, always concerned about possibly a third concussion. I think that would end his season if that were the case, if he has a, a third one here. Um, but it, it's, it is interesting that uh, – uh, we're seeing it uh, uh, in a few other places across the league now uh, with multiple concussions this year. And, and it just goes to show that, you know, when, when you have one, not that big of a deal, but when you have multiple in the course of a month, um, you know, they can, they can really start uh, adding up to games missed, which is obviously not ideal. So with the Rams on by, uh, we don't have to talk about Brandon Cooks just yet, but uh, Sterling Shepard kind of uh, setting some precedent for us a little bit. So we'll be able to talk about Cooks uh, next week. Yes, very much so. And and hopefully we can get Cooks back before then, but it's it's not looking ideal right now. I mean, it's he's another one that, like Shepard, has a long history of concussions. So we'll get into it more next week when it's more fantasy relevant, but uh, very similar situations. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, his, uh, he's been out for several weeks in a row now. It keeps looking like we might get him back and then uh, just doesn't, doesn't quite make it. Is week nine uh, the week? I think this one's going to be close. He's been limited in practice. He's got this abdominal strain that's really outside of the big week one, um, has kept him out for most of this year. Um, I, I think he's probably considered a game-time decision for Sunday. Uh, it looks like if everything goes right for the rest of this week, uh, he should make his return in this week. OJ Howard missed last week. Uh, we uh, we we speculated a little bit that that might be, you know, the with the trade line, the trade deadline coming up, there might be something to that. But uh, deadline came and went. OJ Howard stayed with the Bucks, and uh, now there it's still up in the air whether or not he's going to play. Do you think he makes it back this week? I actually don't. You know, this is, I'm kind of surprised. I thought he would be able to shake this a little quicker. Uh, he hasn't practiced yet this week, which is never a good sign. He's dealing with that hamstring strain. Uh, I think he's trending towards another missed week, which means, uh, you know, Cam Brait giving you one more week as a streamer, which is always nice to see. You know, the tight end position is pretty rough. Um, Brait, Brait pretty much played the majority of the snaps. Um, I think he was right around 65%. So, uh, you know, I think I think he's another option as a, a tight end too, just on a, a, a streaming team. So, if you streamed him last week, you can probably hold on and stream him one more time this week. And finally, Delaney Walker, uh, what what thirty eight years old, I believe, and now uh, some fairly chronic ankle stuff. Um, at, at least you know from the from the untrained eye. Uh, he uh, he missed last week. Uh, he actually missed the last two weeks, I believe. And and Jonu Smith was the direct benefactor. So uh, does Delaney Walker come back and uh, muddy those waters? 
I don't think he does. Uh, he's been dealing with this ankle injury uh, for the majority of this year. Again, remember last year he he missed the basically his entire season with this ankle injury where it got wrapped up behind him and and pretty gruesome. You know, it, you don't want your ankle facing the wrong direction, and that's what happened with Walker last year. And I kind of expected this year to go similar to this. Um, it's just one of those things that it's hard to come back from. He's not what he was 10 years ago from a healing perspective. Um, anyone that is getting older will be able to tell you that you don't heal the same way at 38 as you did at 28. Um, and you really don't heal the same way as when you were 18. So um, Walker is, is kind of after being basically a, a star Walt at the, at the position for better part of a decade, uh, Father Time is catching up to him as far as his healing. So I don't expect him back. Johnny Smith, he looks like a high-level streamer again this week. He's had nine catches for 142 yards and a touchdown over the last two weeks with Walker out. Um, that's that's a pretty good numbers for a tight end. It doesn't sound like much, but uh, you know he led the team in targets and receptions last week as well. So I think they're going to keep trying to to use Johnny. Hopefully we can get another uh, really high-level uh, tight end one week out of Johnny Smith. That's it for this episode. Just uh, like I said, just a few updates. Uh, pretty clean week for here in week nine, surprisingly. Um, but we're going to have some more, some some newer ones to talk about for you uh, on uh, part two. So make sure and check that out. And in the meantime, follow the good doctor at eTurnerFF underscore PT on Twitter. Um, he can keep you uh, updated on on all the game game time decisions, all the actives and inactives, and anything that pops up between now and the start of games on Sunday. All right, boys. Thanks, thanks again for covering those injuries. Ethan is one of the you mu- one of the must follows in terms of injuries uh, in the fantasy football realm. Follow again. Follow him at eTurnerFF underscore PT to get as probably among the best information that you can get in terms of injuries. All right. So as usual, we have our start sits here. Green light, start with confidence, yellow light, startable, but temper expectations and red light bench them if you can. And with that, we will start with the bears at the Eagles and John McGlynn will take it away. Go ahead, man. The bears. This is uh these guys played each other. Uh, seems like every year, but obviously it's not, but um they they know each other pretty well. I I uh, the only green light here I have is uh, Allen Robinson. I don't have any green lights on the Eagles. I um, I'm just thinking that Allen Robinson is uh, is just close to uh, the only thing that can save Mr. Bisky as possible on the Bears. The guy just makes every catch he possibly can. He makes uh, it's like playing with Blake Bortles again back in the day. He he just makes Trubisky look good by these acrobatic game saving catches that uh, I I don't think there's not many people in the NFL can do. Uh, Robinson is, he's a green light for me just because of the fact that he just makes things happen. I don't really have any, uh, green lights for the Eagles be just because they have tons of yellow lights. A lot of guys that are right in the middle, nobody super flashy, yellow Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Dallas Goddard. Those guys are all kind of just middle line against the bears defense. Nobody's going to have a fantastic game against these guys. Even though the Bears defense is kind of, uh, I think they're playing too much. They're getting a little bit tired, a couple injuries set in, um, but they're still holding their own. They're just, they're just, they're bending, but not breaking, but they're bending. So it's, there's, there's going to be some fantasy production, but not too much. For the Bears, y'all lights, Trubisky, Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller, 
Again, uh, the Eagles have a pretty bad pass defense, really good run defense, but pretty bad pass defense. Um, so I, uh, I just think that some things are going to happen in the air just out of necessity for the Bears because they're not going to get much going on the ground. Um, I, I could see Montgomery probably getting somewhere – Come maybe in the lower double-digit points, but that's about it. So Tariq Cohen, a couple catches out of the backfield. And that's about it for the yellow lights or red lights. For the uh, Eagles, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Hollins. I don't like either one of those guys. Uh, Aguilar's actually been doing okay the last couple games, but he's still just, you know, I, I don't know where he, I don't know if he preps for some games and doesn't for other ones or, you know, has a work, has a, pregame routine where he gets himself on track and other games he just shows up and looks lost but uh i just can't trust with Aguilar on a regular basis for the bears red lights taylor gabriel trey burton adam shaheen cordell patterson patterson if you have uh you know some situations in your lineup where you get points for special teams that may be somebody that uh you can use maybe one or two catches on the offense and maybe a special teams touchdown or some yardage on special teams but that's about uh the only thing you can really expect from him from them for the Bears. So that's my sit starts for the first game. What do you make of Zach Ertz the last few games? I mean, Goddard, Goddard's gotten a touchdown. I think he's taken a couple touchdowns the last couple games. Zach Ertz just has not been good, I think, the last three games. Just feels like the change in the guard in his team. Like, almost like, uh, I don't, you know, I think maybe everybody's just, Ertz isn't, you can't expect the year-to-year production from, from these tight ends. You, you see it every year. Guys, you know, real good one year. The next year has a, a down game. Evan Ingram had that happen two years ago. Then he had a, a crap year. I know injuries are a little bit more of his situation, but I think people are just covering it. It's like a blanket, and Goddard's just benefiting from it all with these double tight end sets. And um, I, Goddard's making the most of the situation. And uh, Ertz has another year in his contract next year, but I wouldn't doubt if they try to trade him in the offseason just because what they have in, in Goddard. And uh, and uh, I wouldn't blame him if they did. Goddard's really pr- pr- producing in this offense, and they need him to. Right, and and I think uh, I think Ertz was due for a, a regression. regression from last season. I mean, there were a lot of injuries last season uh, that definitely helped Ertz along the way to get I believe over a thousand yards, over a hundred catches. There might be more another regression coming in terms of his touchdowns. He has one touchdown this season, and it's tough through the first half of the game the way he's been targeted that he hasn't gotten more than one touchdown. So there may be some regression there. So he might be at a buy low point, especially in redraft, but um, in some dynasty because of what's happened over the last three weeks. So maybe that's something that needs to be considered. I would hope so. I mean, he had eight last year. This year he's only got one, like you said. It's uh, it's something that he's going to have to. I mean, he's got he's already got sixty. He's got sixty four targets and forty catches. But I mean, it's not horrible. Right. But it's but it's not. It's just he's not making anything with the production. He's uh, he's just not. It's not. It's not. It, things just aren't magically happening for him like he made happen last year. So. Sure. Um, on Taylor Gabriel, uh, there is an argument to be made that he's a yellow light just because of how badly the Eagles have struggled against the pass, how bad that secondary is. And we just never know when Gabriel's going to have one of those games. Um, he is the, I, I don't know what we call it, the wide receiver two, the wide receiver three with Anthony Miller. Um, but you, you never know. He could go for a long touchdown this game. It's just it's hard to 
say, I mean, it's hard to start him, but you just never know when Taylor Gabriel's going to bo- boom in any given game. Yeah, he had one big boom game. Yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, besides that, he's, uh, he got a couple targets last week. I mean, he uh, uh, gets up so six targets, 50 yards. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying. That's that's 11 points. That's double digit. That's, a, I mean, that's considered, uh, you know, low yellow light for some people. I, I get it. You know, that's, I, I, I'd like him as a second flex player on a regular basis. If that's all I had. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in these bye weeks. I mean, and, yes. and this one's a pretty bad bye week. If I remember, it's I know the Bengals and the Falcons are definitely on buys, and that takes away a lot of good fantasy players right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you're struggling to find a a flex, like a second or third flex, maybe consider Taylor Gabriel against a very poor, uh, very poor Eagles secondary. That's a good call. Um, all right, on to the Titans at Panthers. I will take this one. Uh, obviously, Christian McCaffrey is a green light. There has been one game this season that Christian McCaffrey has not scored, I believe, over 20 points. So basically, his floor is 20 points at this point. You're not sitting Christian McCaffrey ever. So yeah, I, I don't really need to go over Christian McCaffrey. Derrick Henry is also a green light this week. Uh, the Panthers, the last five weeks, have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. Um, And it's not really been through the air. It's been mostly on the ground. They allowed 105 yards to uh, Tevin Coleman, another 35 to Matt Breda that week. Um, Even Raheem Mostert had had 60 yards and a touchdown. Um, So, and they've allowed, they allowed another uh, 100 yard game to Leonard Fournette. Uh, in week five. So the Panthers have not, not been nearly as good against the run as they were to start the season. So uh, I, and in the way that the Titans run the ball, I believe they have the fifth highest run to pass ratio in the league or something like that. They're, they're near the top of the league in terms of run percentage. Henry's going to get plenty of looks and he's probably going to get enough volume against a relatively bad running, running defense that, He's very startable this week, so I think he's a green light. Uh, yellow lights, just because this is a um, is a super flex show. Ryan Tannehill is a, a a yellow light this week. He didn't get over 200 yards last week, but he did have uh, two. Was it two or three touchdowns? I think it was three touchdowns uh, last week, and then the previous week he had uh, two touchdowns and over 300 yards. Um, and this is not. I <laughs> every time I mention Tannehill, I I for some reason have to mention Mariota. But over the last two weeks, the the Titans have looked better. They've won back to back games against L.A. and Tampa Bay. Uh, and so, I mean, Tannehill's looked good. He completed 79% of his passes in week seven, 63 in week eight. So he's looked good. Um, so he's a good QB to start this week and maybe even streamable QB one. If you're, if that's what you're trying, if that's what you've been doing in like one QB leaks. Um, and then the other one, Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen had a horrendous game, but they did play the San Francisco 49ers. So, can't really use that as a uh, a I guess a marking or a mark against him because the 49ers have been a bet the best in the league against QBs over the last three <laughs> over the last four weeks they've allowed five 3.9 3.9 and 7.9 fantasy points to quarterbacks that mm. is 
absolutely crazy. Last week, Kyle Allen actually had the most passing yards for quarterbacks in those four weeks with 158. So that just tells you how dominant the 49ers have been against quarterbacks. So don't use last week as a benchmark for Kyle Allen. Uh, the Panthers, while they have been decent against QBs, they uh, – Despite last week, and last week was six, they allowed 16.8 fantasy points to Jimmy Garoppolo, who is not a fantastic QB. The previous two weeks, they allowed up 400 yards passing to Jameis Winston and 374 to Gardner Minshew, allowing 24.1 and 30.9 fantasy points to those two. So while you can't expect that ceiling from Tannehill, Tannehill will definitely give you a decent amount of points that you're not going to hate starting him, especially as a QB2, or sorry, not Tannehill, Allen, as a QB2. Um, Actually, and I just mixed that up. I realized I just mixed it up. Shut up. The <laughs> the <laughs> Titans. Sorry. So that that's why uh, Tannehill's a decent start. Allen, on the other hand, um, the the uh, Titans allowed twenty eight point four fantasy points to Jameis Winston last week. Twenty four point five uh, to Philip Rivers a previous week. And besides the eight point eight fantasy game that Joe Flacco. Uh, put up, which was just a horrendous game. They've allowed uh, 20 or more fantasy points in uh, six of eight weeks and 18 or more in seven of eight weeks. So you will get decent production from Kyle Allen this week. Um, along that line, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are also yellow lights. Uh, the The Panthers have been uh, or, or sorry, the Titans have been good against uh, wide receivers this season. They're allowing the 21st, 21st most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last five weeks. On the season, they are allowing the 23rd most, or I believe it's like the 8th least, ninth least. Um, they just don't give a ton of fantasy points up, despite what Mike Evans did last week with his 42.8 fantasy points. Um I don't think Samuel and Moore are going to be able to get to that number. But before that, the uh, Titans did not allow a 20-point fantasy game to a wide receiver. So that's why Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are yellow lights this week. Um, On to the Tennessee Pats catchers, uh, Corey Davis. I had him as a green light, I believe, the <laughs> last week, and he put up a dud. I believe he caught one ball for eight yards. Uh, but Carolina has struggled of late. Uh, Got two for nine, buddy. Get it right. Sorry, sorry. Two for nine. <laughs> I apologize for that one catch for one yard. Um, but yeah, the Panthers have not been good against wide receivers this season. They've allowed the seventh most points to uh, wide receivers on the season. Over the last five weeks, they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points. So I think Davis and Brown are okay starts this week. Um I, again, with with the way that the Titans run their offense, running the ball a lot, they're just not going to have a huge ceiling unless like Brown does the thing where he goes for a 75-yard touchdown. It's just not going to happen. But if you need to start them as flexes this week, they are not bad starts at all. Uh, Greg Olson is also a yellow late. Um, the the Titans have been okay, I suppose, against uh, against tight ends. They've allowed the 14th most fantasy points over the last five or the last five weeks on the season. They've allowed the 13th most fantasy points. So they're kind of middle of the road against tight ends, but they are prone to give up big games here and there. Uh, Hunter Henry had 15.7 in week seven. Uh, Austin Hooper at 22 in week four. Uh, e- Ebron at 11.5 in week two. Najoku in week one. If 
Olsen is healthy and he's playing and, and Kyle Allen has returned to form a bit. Olsen should get enough targets that he, he can be startable this week, but again, temper expectations. Um, it's just cause I, I don't know what Titans defense is going to show up against tight ends this week. And then the other yellow light, and I don't have any red lights this game. The other yellow light is, um, Johnu Smith or Delaney Walker. And obviously it really depends on if Delaney Walker plays. If Delaney Walker does play, um, I, it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, if Delaney Walker doesn't play, John is an okay start. If Delaney Walker plays, he's an okay start. But the Panthers uh, against tight ends uh, have been okay. Uh, they've allowed the 23rd most fantasy points. However, however, over the last th- uh, three weeks, they've allowed the 10th most fantasy points. And that includes, includes 86 yards to George Kittle last week, 47 and a touchdown to uh, Cameron Brait the week before, and then James O'Shaughnessy in week five, or sorry, and that was in week six. In week five, James O'Shaughnessy had 57 yards uh, for 8.7 fantasy points. So they've been more prone to giving up points to tight ends. Uh, Tannehill has incorporated Janu in this uh, in this passing game a little bit over the last couple weeks. So I expect that to continue. While they don't have a gigantic ceiling, they should be startable this week. What do you think about Tajay Sharp? He had a couple of sneaky weeks the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows who's who knows who's getting the snaps? Right. I mean, he's only had thirty seven percent of snaps the last two weeks, but he's had what three three targets in each of the last two weeks and two touchdowns. I just. I mean, if anybody's going to be a red light, and I don't, and that's the other thing is I don't really consider Tajay Sharp too much part of this passing game. Yes, yeah. he had the two touchdowns, but I believe Keelan Cole has also had three three passing touch or three pass catching touchdowns in the um, last three weeks for the Jaguars. But he's, or sorry, in, in each of the last two weeks, but he's only gotten two targets each week. It's just one of those things you can't rely on those. Yeah. And because he's only playing thirty seven percent of the snaps, I'm just not trusting it. I just got him on a couple of rosters. I'm I'm hoping that somebody says something good about him so I can feel good about myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Trying to trying to I, I guess uh weigh weigh the scale in your favor there. That's right. Um on to the Buccaneers at Seahawks, John. Buccaneers at Seahawks. I got uh my green lights for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, uh possible MVP this year. Uh, you gotta go to him every week. He's uh, unbelievable. Tyler Lockett's the number one guy, and Chris Carson's the number one guy in the backfield. That's those three guys are just mega producers this year. You, if you got them, you start them, and you have been starting them since the season started. Uh, green lights for the Buccaneers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I think those guys, both of them, are uh, it, usually uh, Chris Godwin's week last year. Last week wasn't crazy. He still had de- decent production, but uh, these guys are both going to get twenty points a week. I mean, uh, at least ten, at least fifteen points a week on every almost every given week. It, you know, one. It seems like Evan has has roller coaster weeks, but I think he's starting his production is starting to level out a little bit better now. He, I mean, he's not going to have mega games, but he's going to have good games uh, from this point on. I believe they're just going to start sharing the wealth with these two, and I think they're both startable assets the rest of the season. Yellow lights for the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston. Um, that's pretty much my only yellow light in this game, just because the Seahawks are pretty good. Um, they're a decent defense. And Winston throws a lot of uh, interceptions. I think he's going to have a lot of production, but uh, he just can't. These two or three stupid interceptions every game are going to knock him down on a yellow light. If, when he learns how to throw, just, you know, not rush things or not just have this push it in there and, or, or make just have to try to make things happen. Uh, you know, when he learns how to curtail that, 
I think he'll be okay, but he just he he just can't be a green light until he learn, learns how to stop throwing interceptions and 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 ruin his fantasy day and the, the team's day. Yellow lights for the Seahawks. DK Metcalf. He is he's outperforming what everybody thinks. Uh, what I thought anyway for his first year production, but uh, his touchdowns every week. His touchdowns just seem to he's making things happen with. With the with the with the, the red zone targets, and that's what he's he's a big dude. That's what we kind of figured that he was going to do, but uh, he's rocking it. So um, that's I, I love that. A bunch of red lights here. Uh, David Moore uh, for Seattle. That's pretty much Ronald Jones, Cameron Brake, Peyton Peyton Barber for uh, Tampa Bay. But really, there's not too much to talk about in this game. Um, there's a handful of studs, and and that's it. Yeah. Uh- it's it's funny you talk about Jameis like that. Like, oh, he needs to learn this. He's in year five. Uh, I doubt he's going to learn it. Um, it's Jameis Winston. That dude, the only, the reason that we like him in fantasy is that dude chucks the ball. Yes. Um, and he just, he's going to get you 400-yard games like he did, what, last week. But uh, he's also going to give you near 20 interceptions. And he's going to give Mike Evans and Chris Godwin a ton of looks. And that's why we like Jameis Winston in fantasy in terms of the NFL. And yes, you do have to take into consideration what happens in the NFL. He may not, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future here. Cause I just don't think Tampa Bay is going to, unless he signs for something like 20, 20 mil a year. I just don't think Tampa Bay is going to, he's not going to be the starter for Tampa Bay next season, but yeah, J, Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston. He's an idiot, but he's a fantastic fantasy QB. He is. I, I, you know, I love the guy. I, 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 like I say all the time, you expect 20 points a week from your fantasy quarterbacks and he gives it to you. That's uh, you know, and there's, you know, there's still some time left in this season, you know, they, and they could still, you know, I know you say it's, it's year five and Jameis, you know, that he is what he is. And most quarterback, you can't change the, you know, you can't teach an old dog, new tricks. You can't change it. Uh, leopards spots or tire stripes. I get it. But you know, with a little bit of film and a, and a little bit more film and, a, and some more coaching, this is a new coach this year. So it's uh, hopefully things are you know going to change for the better as the year goes on. And maybe you can see what he does, but he just gets happy feet. His eyes open up. Yeah. And he just makes stupid decisions, and I just can't. You know, I I, I hope he curtails a little bit because I think he could he could be something. He's still young. He's only twenty five years old. I mean, he's not. He's got fifteen possible. I mean, I'm gonna just say because the length of quarterbacks in the NFL nowadays because of all the penalties from, you know, touching them. But I mean, he could possibly play in our 10, 12, 15 years if he kind of sure. writes the ship a little bit. Um, on Chris Carson, I'm actually a little bit concerned with this matchup. I'm not sitting him anywhere. Cause I love Chris Carson. That dude is one of the hardest runners in the game, but the Tampa Bay defense run defense has been fantastic this season. They've, they rank first overall in DVOA. Uh, they've allowed six most fantasy points over the last three weeks, but on the season, they've allowed the third most fantasy points. So, is, do you? I mean, you have him as a green light, so obviously you don't have any concern. Just volume. I, I think he's going to get. Okay. He's, he's getting twenty plus carries the last five six weeks. I, I don't see why that should. They're not going to go anywhere else. He's going to get the volume. Yes, the Tampa Bay is very good against the run. But I think uh, every once in a while, you know, if he can get three yards and two yards and three yards and then a 12-yard or maybe a 15-yard every every third series or, you know, one long run, I, I can see this just volume volume alone, I think, Chris Carson. But he's such a talent. You know, that's, he's such a talented player. He's such a, a beast. You know, it's I, I understand it's Tampa Bay, but I just think that some people are 
they're kind of, I'm not going to say matchup proof as far as this goes, but I think Chris Carson can make things happen even in a bad matchup. Fair enough. And he gets the goal line carries there and the Seahawks have been a very good offense this season. So if he get, even if he gets one goal line carry and gets a touchdown, you've basically made your night right there. Yeah. All right. On to the Cowboys at giants, uh, green lights, obviously Zeke, obviously Saquon, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, a green light. The uh, Giants secondary have, has definitely not been good this season. Um, they've allowed the. As I'm looking, as we're as we're recording, uh, the second most fantasy points to wide receivers on the season. Uh, so Amari Cooper is a, a definitely a, a green light. I debated putting uh, Michael Gallup up here, but he's been kind of iffy the last couple of weeks. So while I think you probably should be starting him temper expectations a little bit because he's only had 34 and 48 yards the last two games for the Cowboys. Um, but with Amari Cooper there um, and probably a relatively high scoring game. And we saw what Gallup did in week one. Uh, he, he probably is a, a decent start this season, but just, just, Temper expectations with Michael Gallup this week. Uh, Dak, obviously, a uh, a, a green light this week um, with that secondary. And Dak being Dak, he, he, he's been a good quarterback this season. Um, the Giants have allowed 28.8, And then, then they only allowed eight fantasy points to Kyler Murray, which is crazy. But then 29.3 to Tom Brady, 23.6 to Kirk Cousins. They they have had some good games Uh particularly against Kyler Murray and then Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum. But other than that, they've allowed 23 or more fantasy points in every week except for those two weeks. So Dak's going to have a good game regardless. And, and he had 37.5 fantasy points against New York in week one. So keep that in mind as well. Evan Ingram is also a green light this week. He has not been nearly as good as he was to start the season. But the Cowboys have allowed the eighth most fantasy points over the last five weeks to tight ends. They've allowed the fifth most fantasy points on the season. Uh, Ryan Griffin and Dallas Goddard have both had fantastic games over the last two weeks against the Cowboys defense. So Ingram's going to get volume. He is one of like two really trustworthy, or I guess three trustworthy pass catchers with Saquon. And if the Giants are going to keep up, they're going to have to throw the ball. So Ingram is a, is a green light this week. In terms of yellow lights, Daniel Jones uh, kind of been struggling or was struggling before last week. And then last week happened where where he, he went off. And uh, now I have to look up his stats here. He, he went had, ham, as the kids say. Yeah, he went ham. He had 322, <laughs> 322 yards and four touchdowns against Detroit. So he's kind of sandwiched. Uh, a, a few mediocre performances with a 39.6 uh, fantasy point game against Tampa Bay and a 33.4 fantasy point game against Detroit. And those are two bad secondaries. So keep that in mind as well. Dallas is not nearly as bad as those two. They have right. not been that fan or they, they've actually been really good. They've allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to QBs on the season. Only allowed 14.8 to Carson Wentz, 11.8 to Aaron Rodgers, Sam Darnold did get him for a little bit, and that was the highest scoring game they've allowed. Um, so Daniel Jones, while, while I doubt you're sitting him, but uh, just temper your expectations as a QB2 this week. 
Uh, like I said, Michael Gallup's also a yellow light. Uh, Randall Cobb, because of the secondary, could be a yellow light. He had a good game against the Giants uh, in week one as well. He had a double-digit fantasy point game. It was 16.9 fantasy points. He just has not been healthy. Um, but he gets decent targets. I mean, not last week, notwithstanding, you know, three targets uh, last week. But weeks five, four and five, he had six targets each. He had 41 and 53 uh, yards on those targets so i mean he could have an okay game and and if he let's just say he gets six targets four catches for 50 yards well i mean you have nine points right there and it's like not like he's he's giving you a goose egg it's not fantastic but again we are in bye weeks and if you need to start him as a second or third flex that's not bad output also golden tate golden tate is a another yellow light uh the Cowboys, again, have been good against uh, QBs and wide receivers this season, but Golden Tate just gets a ton of volume. Um, and, and he puts up points where you wouldn't expect him to put up points is, is, is kind of the funny thing since his return. Um, over the last three weeks, he's had 102 yards, 80 yards, and 85 yards, and that was against um, – I mean, he did put up 102 yards and a touchdown against New England, which you wouldn't have expected. Against Arizona and Detroit, you definitely expected more from him. He had 85 and 80 yards. So he's been fantastic, but he's gotten 9, 11, and 10 targets each of the last three weeks. So without Sterling Shepard there, again, this is going to be extremely concentrated offense. You're going to have Tate, you're going to have Ingram, and you're going to have Saquon uh, Barkley. Yes, Darius Slayton is there, but he uh, – He's a red light for me this week just because the Cowboys are good against wide receivers. But you can trust Golden Tate this week. Uh, again, the Cowboys are good against wide receivers, but Tate gets so much volume that he's pretty much startable at this point. Yep. Uh, red lights, Jason Witten. The uh, Giants have been very, very good on the season against tight ends. They've allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends on the season. They've allowed the second fewest over the last five weeks. The only double-digit games they they gave up or game they gave up was against Dallas in week one where they gave up 12.9 and 10.5 fantasy points to Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten. Since then, the highest uh, fantasy output they gave up was to OJ Howard in week three, which he, they gave up 9.6 fantasy points. Now they haven't faced a gauntlet of tight ends, but they've been able to shut all the tight ends down since basically week one. Um, Witten just is not that involved. He's kind of a security blanket for Dak right now, but he just, he doesn't get a ton of targets. He's had a seven target game, but every other game he's had four targets and unless he gets in the end zone, he's just really not worth starting. So he's a red light this week. Uh, like I said, Darius Slayton is a red light. Darius Slayton has put up some decent numbers on the season, uh, especially with um, with Sterling Shepard out. Last week he only caught two targets, but he caught or two of his five targets, but he caught two touchdowns. Other than that, like he just doesn't get targeted enough to be worthwhile. So unless he gets in the end zone, he's not worthwhile. And I don't. And, and he's going up a very against a very good secondary, so I'm not starting Darius Slayton. Again, with Cody Latimer and whoever, Benny Fowler, whomever you want to throw in there as the other wide receiver for the New York Giants, you're just not starting him. Yeah, Slayton's get some uh, special teams work, too, that if you get any points for that, that may be one of the only saving graces for him if you needed to start somebody. But, again, it's bye weeks. you got to throw somebody in there. He might be a last desperation option, but that's it. Yeah, fair enough. All right, on to the Washington Football Club at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The Redskins, green lights, none. Uh, they don't have anybody. 
<laughs> it's uh, just kind of the, an ongoing trend there. The Bills, Josh Allen, and John Brown. Uh, John Brown is I, number one target for Josh Allen. I, I, he, they just kind of they work together. They that's a, a great combination. That I know. Uh, Yellow lights, Terry McLaurin, scary Terry uh, for Halloween. It's a nice, nice add in there. Uh, McLaurin's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Nothing crazy. Peterson's looked like a beast uh, last game. Uh, I mean, I know it was against the Vikings, but uh, Peterson really, you know, he, he looked impressive last week. But that's one week deal. I think he had his uh, full head of steam going. I think he's going to kind of come back down normal against a Bills defense that's going to uh, keep him in check. I don't expect much more than right around 10 points for Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Peterson this week, even though he's going to get the volume because nobody else is there. I, I just don't think that uh, he is the answer against the Bills defense. Um, for the Bills, Devin Singletary, Cole Beasley, Frank Gore. Uh, that, that just, I just think that those guys are going to share the load. Uh, Gore and Singletary. I think Singletary's on the way up, though. Singletary's going to start uh, dusting Frank Gore as the season goes on. I just don't think this is the week to do it. I think there's still going to be a, a committee back here. Beasley's getting a handful of catches, a handful of uh, targets. That uh, Nothing special this week for, for him either, but... Uh, this is not a very exciting game, so uh, unfortunately, that's kind of the theme this uh, for this game. Uh, I don't really see too many uh, Josh Allen, a couple long shots, but not not a ton ton of scoring here. Red lights, Case Keenum, Paul Richardson, Jeremy Sprinkle, if you even consider him, uh, Trey Quinn. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's where we're at in this game. There's a bunch of guys that really can't get much done. So, Duke Williams, Dawson Knox. Are uh, also red lights for the for the Bills. I mean, there's not just not a lot of producers in this game, and the guys, even the guys who do have a chance to produce for the Redskins, are uh, are you know playing the Bills this week. So it's not a not a great matchup for for uh, either team. Like I said, Josh Allen maybe is running, uh, he may get a handful of rushes and you know hit John Brown, but that's pretty much all we have here. I, I, I see this being a get up a couple touchdowns early, stop them and turn into a running game that, that Frank Gore is going to get a handful of, uh, you know, maybe 12 to 12, to you know, 12 to 15 rushes just to kind of run the clock down. Yeah. I, this, I believe the over under for this game is the lowest uh, on the week. Um, let me, let me check that real quick, but yeah, this is definitely a very ugly, ugly game. Um, the over under is 37 points and Buffalo is giving nine and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's going to be a blowout and it's going to be low scoring. So, yeah, I mean, the bills have been susceptible against the run. They've given up what, uh, they gave up 20.8 and 18.1 fantasy points last week to, uh, Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. Um, that's been their weakness, I guess, uh, this season against the run, but yeah, I, so Adrian Peterson's really not a bad start this week. Uh, and like you said, Terry McLaurin, I mean, he has to get the volume and it sounds like, uh, it's, um, Dwayne Haskins week. Maybe. So, yeah. And, and that really scares me because the last time, I mean, besides last week, the last time that we saw a significant time for Dwayne Haskins, he threw three interceptions against a, a lowly New York giant secondary. So, uh, McLaurin might be in for a rough week if it's Haskins or, or he could use him as a, as a, a safety blanket and just target him double digit times. Who knows? But I just, yeah, the only one I really, really trust 
for Washington this week is Adrian Peterson. Everybody else is kind of yeah. Gross. Peterson's got a little bit of an ankle thing going on. Is you know we'll, we'll find out from. Uh, but uh, I just I'm not sure if I know Haskins looked bad when he came in last week, but I, I didn't. He didn't expect to come in the game. It was a yeah. bad matchup, you know. You can't. He kind of didn't. It's kind of. And there was a, the Vikings have, a, have an awesome defense. So he, uh, to throw a kid in there who wasn't expected to go, uh, you know, he, his. You could tell he was nervous and he was getting tons of pressure. Uh, I just. I, I. I know it's been rumored that Haskins is going to get the start. As of now, I don't think it's been officially ruled out yet. But Keenum's not hasn't passed concussion protocol yet. But um, uh, if it is Haskins. I, I, I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of college experience. I, I think the guys. I think he needed a little more time to sit before they threw him in the fire. I know they want to see what they got in him, but uh, they might have. They might not have a chance this week. But to throw a choice, but to throw Haskins in. But I'm not sure if he's ready yet. Oh, he. I I definitely don't think he's ready. the The Bills pass uh, um, pass blocking has just not. Or sorry, the the Washington's pass blocking has not been good this season. Um, and Haskins just does not move well in the pocket. So it's not like he can run out of those. Um, so in the bill, I mean, the bill's strength on defense is against the pass. So I think this is going to be a really rough week for Washington. Yes. All right, moving on. Uh, we are on to the Lions at Raiders. This is basically almost start everybody week. Uh, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, both both starts. Um, the the Lions and the Raiders have been extremely poor against the pass this season. Over the last five weeks, the Raiders have given up the most fantasy points to QBs. Detroit has given up the third most. So that just tells you how bad that secondary has been. Um, then along with that, uh, Tyrell Williams is a uh, must start. Um, the Raiders have been... Uh, have allowed the fifth, sorry, the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, over the last five weeks, uh, the sixth most on the season. The Lions have allowed the um, the ninth most, so uh, that's why Ty Will is a good start. Galladay, obviously a good start. I just mentioned the Raiders have been extremely poor against um, wide receivers as well. Uh, against tight ends, the Raiders have also been ex- extremely poor, and the Lions have not been uh, fantastic. Um, over the last five weeks, the Lions have allowed the third most fantasy points to tight ends. So Darren Waller is a must start. That guy gets volume, and now he faces an, a bad defense against tight ends. And then um, I'll talk. I'll talk about a, a couple others here um, in terms of the yellow lights as well uh, for the pass catchers. Uh, Josh Jacobs is also a Green light this week. The Lions have given up the most fantasy points to running backs over the last five weeks. Um, they just allowed Saquon Barkley to go for 28.3. Uh, a lot of that came through the air. Josh Jacobs, unfortunately, just does not get at near the targets that he should be getting. But Dalvin, yeah. Dalvin Cook went for 142 yards on the ground in week seven. Jamal Williams went for 104, along with Aaron Jones's 47. Um, LaShawn McCoy went for 56 on 11 carries. Um, so they've been extremely bad against running backs over the past five weeks that the Lions have. Uh, yellow lights, um, Marvin Jones, it's kind of – he he's kind of a best ball special most of the time for me. He just – he can hit um, big. He had the four touchdown game, obviously, which um, 
gives gives gave him most of his fantasy points on the season. Um, he had ten targets that or thirteen targets that game. He also had a nine target game where he got one hundred and one yards and a touchdown. Last week he caught four or five targets for only twenty two yards. So it's kind of pick your poison, I guess. Here, I maybe not pick your poison, but it, it's definitely a risky proposition with Marvin Jones. He does face another uh, bad secondary in Oakland, so he could have a big game this game. I'd rather rely on Galladay week in, week out than I would Marvin Jones, but Marvin Jones can win you weeks like he did in week seven. Um, Hunter Renfro is an interesting one here. Uh, I put out a tweet uh, uh, yesterday about this, but the Lions have given up fantasy points to Slot receivers, they give up 25.3 to Larry Fitzgerald, 17.8 to Keenan Allen, 25 to Nelson Aguilar, 16.5 to Alan Lazard, who was playing mostly out of the slot in uh, week week six. Um, 21, oh, sorry, uh, 9.5 uh, and 14. So this is kind of a weird one. So they gave, he gave, they gave up a 20, combined 23.5 fantasy points to Ola B.C. Johnson and Adam Thielen in week seven when they faced the Vikings. Ola B.C. Johnson played, um, has played a, a significant part of his snaps from the slot uh, this season, especially with Thielen out. So, um, and then, and then last week, Golden Tate had 16.5. Like I mentioned before, he, he had eight. Uh, catches on 10 targets for 85 yards. So they give up fantasy points to slot receivers. Hunter Renfro had his best week last week as a pro. Now he took a huge, um, uh, I believe a 60 some odd yard touchdown uh, to the house. So that obviously uh, accounted for most of his fantasy points that week, but he had uh, four targets. He had 88 yards and a touchdown. So, I'm not saying that he's going to have a monster game. I'm just saying, and we talked about this throughout this show, if you are having issues with bye weeks, Hunter Renfro is an interesting flex option this week. That's really all it is. He, I don't think you can expect him to explode, but if he gets enough targets and he get and he gets one loose like he did last week, he could have a fantastic week. Um, and, and like I said, the lions are prone to giving up points to slot receivers. And then uh, the other one, TJ Hawkinson, he really should be a green light this week, but he just has not been good since week one. Um, he's been a rookie tight end and that's really all we can expect from him. Um, but he's involved. He's on the field a majority of the time, over 50% of the snaps, he gets targets. He had last week, he only had one, but the previous week he had five, the previous week before that he had six. And like I said, the Oakland Raiders have struggled against tight ends this season. The last five weeks, they've given up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. Um, they gave up 23.8 to Darren Fells last week, including two touchdowns. They gave up 16.5 to Jimmy Graham the previous week, including a touchdown. Um, they gave up two, uh, two touchdowns against Indianapolis, one to Ebron, one to Jack Doyle. They gave, they give up touchdowns to tight ends. And if Hawkinson gets, gets a red zone target or a couple red zone targets, he could have a big game. So if you need help at tight end, which tight end has been a really weird position this season. If you need help at tight end, he's not a bad start this week. And then uh, the red lights, the lions RBs, it did not go like we thought at all. We had Trey Carson out of nowhere. We all thought it was going to be a combination of Ty Johnson and JD McKissick, but Trey Carson comes out of nowhere. It's, it's a full blown three headed committee. You don't want to be starting anybody in that, in that lion's backfield. 
Are you going to give Ty Johnson another chance? To uh, I mean, I I like Ty Johnson. I held him for a while, figuring that he'd you know be the man. I understand that game game script didn't uh, or the game planning didn't let it happen. But I just think that maybe he was kind of tested out every running back, see what he had for the future. I I, I, I not not that I'm telling like saying where to put Ty Johnson like in red light, yellow light, green lights. But do you think Ty Johnson will give another shot to kind of? prove himself this week you think it's gonna be a complete committee situation again I, I think it's a complete committee situation i mean it was a relative committee with carry on there and now you have three lesser i mean three running backs with much lesser talent than carry on i think it's just a full-blown committee at this point i yeah i had ty johnston is kind of a i am I, on a lot of teams expecting carry on to get hurt as you know as per usual and i i kind of i, I guess i'm just hoping for you know, what I had envisioned in my head for, you know, Ty Johnson, but I, I unfortunately I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. All right. So on to our final game uh, for the NFC home games, Vikings at chiefs, Vikings at chiefs, green lights for the Vikings, Devin cook, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs on fire right now. He's his catch rate is all of his catches. He's catching everything. He's like a vacuum. The guy's catching everything that's thrown to him. It's he's on like record levels right now for, for his catching prowess, it, it's ridiculous how anything that goes to him, he's, he's grabbing. Out of and the this air. is this is why you don't panic in fantasy football. He has had four, four of the last five games. He's had over a hundred yards. This is why you don't panic in fantasy football. Mind yeah. you, I, I also just traded away Stefan Diggs. So did was, I. But that was because <laughs> I needed RB help. So don't yeah. judge me. And I also had three. Uh, wide receiver. I had Juju, Tyreek, and Galladay on that team as well, so I could I could spare something. Yep, um, I just traded away myself, um, but uh, that's I had Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Both those guys are full well capable of making anything happen any week. And even though the Vikings have a pretty good defense, that's uh, Tyreek Hill is as like a lot of the players on this team, I think Tyreek Hill is just the, the the main culprit of being the biggest threat on this team. Tyreek Hill can make anything happen anywhere on the field. Kelsey's a special player, especially he is the, as far as I'm concerned, I, you know, I know, you know numbers are one thing, but Travis Kelsey's the best tight end in the league right now. So I, th- those two are going to be my green lights every week. Whenever, whoever they play almost matchup proof. Yellow lights, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen should be back this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, this is a game where I'm not sure it'll be catch-up mode, but I think that the, the Vikings are running the offense very balanced right now. It's great to watch them. They're, the, the defense is working well. The offense is working well. The running game's going. The passing game's going. I just think that, you know, even if Thielen does come back, which I think he's going to, I, I think it's going to be a lot more balanced offense than it was last week when it was the Stephon Diggs show. Um, that's Kirk Cousins may not have to do too much, uh, with, uh, with without Mahomes back at quarterback, but uh, just manage the offense. Uh, yellow lights for the the Chiefs. Matt Moore, I you know I, the guy's not horrible. I think he gets some things done. He's got uh, plenty of weapons on his team, so I, I he's not a green light. But uh, you know he could throw he could throw screen passes to anyone any one of these guys in this team that could turn into an eighty yard touchdown. So uh, Matt Moore is yellow light because uh, he's definitely not a red light, but he's not green light yet. So he. Yeah, he can make things happen. LaShawn McCoy, if he doesn't hold the ball out and fumble, I think he's uh, can be efficient this week, but not not red light ish. I think probably twelve, 
They're probably around 12 to 15, 12, 13 fantasy points. Sammy Watkins is a sneaky play this week, I think. Um, I'm not a big Sammy Watkins fan. The guy's got to play it 100% to play, but he's just someone who kind of hangs around. He's probably the number two on this team as far as talent's concerned. Uh, he's uh, just someone to watch out for. Uh, he's uh, just somewhere in the tea leaves that uh, I think Sammy Watkins is in for. You know, he has two or three of these huge games every year. And uh, th- this could be one of them versus uh, when they might need him. Uh, Red lights, Alexander Madison. I love the guy, but he is the backup. He's uh, you know he's going to get a, he's spelling Delvin Cook and that's it. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., Obias Johnson. Uh, um, I don't. Uh, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph are just going to share that tight end thing until something happens to one of the other two. Uh, I think they're. I think Irv Smith is the future for this team, but right now it's 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 going to be. You know, a couple plays Irv Smith, a couple plays Kyle Rudolph, a couple plays Irv Smith, a couple plays Kyle Rudolph, and neither one of them are dependable until one of them is gone. So, uh, for the Chiefs, Demarcus Robinson, Mirko, Mirko, Mirko Hardman, uh, Hardman gets he's he's a boom bust guy. You know, he gets one long, he gets two or three targets a game, maybe two targets a game. One of them he catches for forty yard uh, completion. And sometimes he turns it into something magical, but he's not to be, you know, not really. He's for one or two targets a game. You really can't expect much out of him. Robinson's kind of the same. So on Madison, um, the, the chiefs have definitely struggled against the run this season. Uh, you don't think like, and we, we've talked about it with the bye weeks. You don't think that he could be startable this week if they run the ball down their throats. I think I think it's uh I, Madison looked really good uh, last week. He got a, ha- a handful of his yards were called back on penalties. Uh, I, I think he's a special player, and I you know it's I, I guess yeah I I could probably bump up to a yellow light. I don't I don't see uh, a reason why he's not a yeah, he's got a I'm not forcing him in the yellow light pattern you know the category by a lot. He's probably a borderline yellow red light, but Madison is a very good player, and yeah. I think uh, if he doesn't get you know these 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 breakout plays called back on penalties. Uh, yeah, he could probably be definitely be a flex player. I, I, uh, I could see that happening. I, I think the major issue is Madison's just not involved in the past game. He's only got three targets this season. Um, so while he, he has run the ball well, definitely, he's definitely had a handful of 50-plus yard games that just doesn't give you anything unless he either scores a touchdown or is involved in the pass game. So it's – and that's like Sony Michelle, you know. Sony Michelle – while it's a little bit different, Sony Michelle just isn't involved in the pass game, so you have to rely on touchdowns. Um, and and Madison isn't even like the goal line back, so that that's the big issue here is he just doesn't get involved in the pass game. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's Madison, but Madison is special on the ground. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Is, yeah. And 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 if Dalvin Cook goes down for any reason. Madison steps into a gigantic role. Yeah, he's the number one handcuff, probably uh, you know one of the one of two like of the number one handcuffs in the yeah. league this year. Yes. All right, so that will do it for us on our uh, week nine start sits part one, the NFC home games. I am Sam Stompy Lane. You can follow me on Twitter at FF Stompy. Again, I'm uh, follow John McGlynn at John McGlynn seventy five as well on Twitter. Follow the show at Superflex Show. 
tag us in your polls. Uh, we like to retweet polls. We like to use those on, on future shows as well. Uh, speaking of our shows, we are doing five days a week. We have our SOPs. That's the waiver wire. And next week, this week comes out every Tuesday. We have our regular show that we record every Tuesday that comes out every Wednesday. We also do our Wednesday live show that we answer your start sit questions and uh, talk about the Thursday night game. And then we do our two start sit episodes. So go subscribe to the Superflex Show podcast on Twitter, on on Podbean, on iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts, or on the DLF family of podcasts. Um, and I think that's it. So for John, we will say good night, and let's not forget, stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs>